everyone. Welcome to our Christmas special. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y felicidad. Sorry, I just got too excited. <laughs> no, I love like it is one of the best Christmas tunes. I know, and everybody can sing it. Yeah, like except people do make up their own words. About yeah, it. yeah. That's like true. obviously not you. No, <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess I'm one of the people that I could be in an exception to just sing along and know all the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, but it is one of those songs that uh, people kind of know the Feliz Navidad part and then just make up kind of. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> I know. We call it, you know, in in Spanish when it's 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 all the way around with English music, like music in English that, you know, we will know the chorus or something like that, and then we will be like, washu 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 washu. Literally, we call it washu washu. Washu washu when you don't know the lyrics in English and you're like, washu 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 washu. Like, yeah, those were fun times when I was little, and you had no clue what you were saying. You were just trying to play along or sing along in this case, but nevertheless. Hi, everybody. Hi. So this time it's a planned Christmas special rather than a Priscilla Halloween special that I did not know about. So it was still very exciting to try to play it as Halloween. But this one, it's really Christmas. Christmas time, mistletoe and wine. No, it is. It's very exciting. And it feels like Christmas, which I love. It's mid-December. No. Getting into our Christmas weeks. Yes. And, um, yep, so this is our Christmas episode. So um, there's going to be some Christmassy themes and Christmassy things and Christmassy stories or something. But we don't know yet because we'll find out. Exactly. Uh, between the two of us, we'll find out from the other person what's going on with them, because I don't know who your woman is, and you don't know who my woman is. So. I do not know who your woman is, and yeah, it's all a surprise. It's a Christmas surprise in this Christmas special. Um, I'm not going to talk about my woman now because it's now your turn. But how how about we start with this? You know, with the gimmick of our show. So yeah, Priscilla, do you want to do you want to give her? any new listeners um an update on or a briefing on how these episodes work so on every episode trey and i bring two different women from past and present usually i like to talk about the past women that are no longer with us and trey likes to talk about women who are doing incredible things at this time so on every episode whoever starts the episode in this case trey uh will bring a drink that is thematically related to her woman so without any further ado i would like to know what this well i know what it is now but I, but i mean how is thematically related because it's so incredibly christmassy uh spicy in a way and delicious yeah i actually really like because because christmas so christmas cocktails aren't usually a big thing for me because i don't like cinnamon and you I hate cinnamon i cannot I, believe it. i love cinnamon i know and it's weird because like the streets of new york smell like cinnamon and everybody <laughs> loves that about them and i actually cannot stand the smell the scent the taste the texture everything about cinnamon and one of my favorite desserts is apple pie and like people just put cinnamon in it but they don't tell you so cinnamon, just, how can you have apple pie without cinnamon how do you do that like I, what I think is that you should shut the hell up with your <laughs> <laughs> rules about cinnamon and apple pie. No, yes. never. There's no, so no, many delicious things that you're missing out that has cinnamon. And didn't you say just you know just to digress a little bit? Didn't you say that there was this either Christmas or birthday that I, one of your siblings gave you a fire whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> it was really really funny because it was a really I cannot good moment believe they did that. Because they were like, oh, because I love whiskey and yeah. I have lots of different types of whiskey. And they thought to themselves, I'll get her a whiskey she doesn't have. Not thinking that maybe she doesn't have it because she doesn't like it. <laughs> but what was really funny was that we were ta- we somehow the conversation got onto cinnamon. And as I was opening the present from my brother, they were talking about cinnamon. And I was like, I hate cinnamon. I hate the taste. I hate the flavor. I was going off because obviously people who don't like cinnamon feel very strongly about it. Yeah, you're and right. I went off on one and his face, like the face of all of my family just like, dropped and I was like what's going on why are they all staring at me fucking cinnamon I hate it yeah and I was like I hate cinnamon as I unwrap the fireball whiskey and uh yeah that stuff though would make you hallucinate um but yeah so cinnamon and like 
orangey chocolatey stuff I'm also usually not a huge 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 fan of so normally normally I don't like Christmas drinks but this one I'm feeling it I'm feeling it the cocktail today is Mm -hmm. called a Christmas sangria and so it has like most people know about sangria and obviously it's about Christmas um mulled wine and stuff like that would be quite a festive drink and this is kind of like a wintry version of a sangria and easy to prepare and it makes you holly and jolly so um what goes into it the ingredients are um a, a bottle of red wine two cups of pomegranate or cranberry juice uh, half a cup of apple cider, half a cup of brandy, quarter cup of honey, cup of cranberries and a green apple or green pear chopped up. And you just kind of throw everything in together and make you it. forgot the dash of tequila. Oh, interesting. So you think <laughs> I forgot the dash of tequila. So the, the, sure the Mexican in here didn't miss it. Yeah, no, you did not. So essentially the Christmas sangria doesn't really have tequila in it. I actually just... <gasps> Ed put a dash of tequila in it oh. for my woman today so oh okay yeah, yeah. but it actually makes it so much nicer um, I think I, I literally this time I behaved Trey so I followed the recipe to the point that I was measuring everything and I did put a dash of tequila and it was really good like it's not strong it's it's sweet but it's a, like I said before it's a good sweet so I'm really enjoying it yeah it is it's very it's, I like really sweet things, as people know at this stage. Yeah. If you've been listening to our episodes long enough, I like really sweet, and you like kind of that sweet and sour kind of mix. Yeah, I um, so yeah, so dash of tequila went into it as well for the sake of my woman. So the uh, so the woman I'm talking about today, people know who she is, and um, I just it's just a really excited. I got really excited, and it's kind of like my hallmark version of Christmas special. Um, <laughs> So today I'm talking about Dolly Parton. (laughs) So like really, yeah, I know. Like you have to love her, like, you know. So uh, as I said, mine's got to be a bit of a hallmark, sickly sweet, bit of a commercial version of Christmas. Who doesn't love Dolly Parton on Christmas? Exactly, exactly. if she's singing Christmassy music, Christmassy songs, or Dolly Parton is so... Oh my God, I love her so much. And in the past, she has talked about how she loves red wine and she loves tequila. So, um, so like originally, I was looking at the Frida Tipple book, as you know, how much I love that book. And um, Dolly Parton's on page 108 and they have their Dolly Parton is the name of the cocktail. And they have kind of like a mulled wine. um, uh, They have a sangria with Mm. tequila in it. And so I basically just made a Christmas sangria and threw a dash of tequila in it for it as a mix of our Christmas special and Dolly Parton's drink. So I'll, uh, I'll also put up the other recipe for the Dolly Parton. But again, it's just kind of like uh, w- uh, wine and fruit and stuff like that. So it's it looks really good. It's it's just another sangria. It but, is uh, Yeah. So like, you know, a relentlessly good natured icon who redefined country music is how it starts in here. But yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Like, I love Dolly Parton, obviously. As a child, one of the songs I knew off by heart was Jolene, um, which is a bit strange. Um, But my parents were country music fans. And, you know, that was what was on the radio when we did our long, 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 long trips. Uh, you know, in the summer, you'd go on a long trip down the country yeah. or whatever. We'd list the country music, so I knew all of her songs, um, and did not understand what half of them were about, but definitely knew every word of them. But yeah, so Dolly Parton is my Christmas person today because, um, so she. I was watching the other day. Have you seen Netflix the the film on Netflix, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square? No, I haven't seen it. How is it? I thought you were going to talk about her music anthology episodes. Yeah, so she, so there was so much I could talk about. I know there's so uh, much content. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I never actually thought of her as Christmassy before. But then when I when I was thinking about it, because essentially she's my Christmas per- episode person because I was watching Christmas on the Square on Netflix, and it's called Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. And uh, so this, the, <laughs> it's about so. The, the blurb for it is seasonal cheer comes to a screeching halt when a cold hearted woman tries to sell her hometown's land. <gasps> Can music, magic and memories change her mind? And uh, Dolly Parton is um, 
I believe she's meant to be a homeless woman in it who just kind of oh. um, lives on the square asking for change and it turns out she's an angel in disguise. I'm not giving to, out too much away. You, you'll I'm see. sure you're not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she wears a shawl and sits on the side of the square but it is unbelievable Hallmark seasonal cheer in, in this. Oh, that's all I'll say. It is very musical, very rambunctious, very... Um, full of your tropes you know like very like, dolly yeah say. and it's very but it makes light of them it makes fun of them and it also has a few good messages in it so you know if if you're into if you want to watch something Christmassy you can watch her uh, her film Christmas on the Square um I would oh, recommend it but you need to be in a very giddy mood <laughs> yeah it's very musical. well maybe after if I disagree I might watch that with my mom so why not yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, so, you know, uh, she's Christmassy anyway. And then, of course, yeah. we had, um, I was watching watching that film. And then, obviously, um, she had her, like, she's actually released uh, a Christmas album. The first one in, like, 30 years. Um, the a Holly Dolly Christmas, I think it's called. I think she, uh, there's some, a couple of songs, if not all of them, uh, don't call me on that. But I think there are a couple of songs that she sings with her goddaughter, Miley Cyrus. I have listened to one of them, at, at least. Yeah, she's yeah. definitely, Billy Ray Cyrus is definitely on one of them. I, Ooh, and I think yeah. she does sing with Miley on one of them yeah. as well. Yeah. So her album's called Christmas Where We Are. Um, oh, sorry, her song, the, the particular Christmas yeah. song that I was, I was listening to is yeah. called Christmas yeah. Where We Are. And it, that's the one with Billy Ray Cyrus, and that is on her album A Holly Dolly Christmas. And so, so just just getting Christmassy, and then I'd kind of forgotten about her song Hard Candy Christmas. Mm. So that was in the nineteen eighties, and it was written as a song for the musical The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, where oh. she made the tune for the big screen adaptation mm. that she starred in herself. So um, I was like, oh, she actually is quite. Um, like a quite a Christmas icon I guess um so but you know most people know but so it's funny because I haven't really heard about Dolly Parton in a long time um in in general um and then she just blew up recently because obviously she um well I'll go back to context so Mm -hmm. for people who don't know her which is nobody um I know Dolly Parton is an American singer songwriter multi-instrumentalist actor author businesswoman and humanitarian and and other things as well there are just some some ways to describe her and she is obviously known primarily for her country music Mm -hmm. and she so she started I think like she she started as a songwriter for others and became kind of successful that way and then in the 1960s she made her album debut with debut with hello I'm Dolly and um, this year sure she came back into the limelight because she donated a sizable amount to help research for the COVID vaccine and uh, the Moderna vaccine came about due in small part to her donation Mm. which is insane and she's also been um, a very prominent supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement. Yes that's true. So this year in 2020 other than Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square and also the vaccine ahead the Black Lives Matter now her Christmas album she's suddenly very much in the limelight so I was like oh I'll talk about Dolly Parton we we nobody really talks about her that much anymore in mainstream kind of like I mean she's 74 over the place like she is actively busy for the great for for a great good I think yeah for the great definitely big a humanitarian like yes and uh less so in the limelight so I was like oh I'll just talk about Dolly Parton because she hasn't been in the limelight as much and you know reach out to listeners and of course as soon as I decided to do that um she was everywhere (laughs) (laughs) so she became very mainstream very quickly and there like I mean she was in Ireland alone she was um there were loads of interviews done with her and then in the last few weeks and then she was on the late late show our Irish show on on our national television uh, broadcasting uh, channel she was on their uh, Christmas country music special and she did an interview there as well uh, which was amazing and one of the things she said on it was I look fake but everything inside me is real 
and I just like oh she's just amazing so like as we all know she's been a massive star for five six decades you know she's 74 but she's had her ups and downs in her life just like the rest of us and 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 quite often she has used these experiences as inspiration for her songs Mm -hmm. and as you noticed as you noted earlier um she her goddaughter is Miley Cyrus Mm -hmm. and she's I know she's helped with life lessons with giving advice to her goddaughter as well uh, who's also had her good times and bad times so you know um like She's a very authentic person. You get that a lot from from seeing her being interviewed. And uh, also her altruism. Like So her literacy program, the Imagination Library, has actually um, helped people in Ireland. It kicked off in the United Kingdom um, as part of the Dollywood Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has, it has really taken off in Ireland as well. And they mail one book per month to each enrolled child from the time of their birth until they enter kindergarten. So Imagination Library, I think there's... 150,000 children who benefit from this across the United States, Canada, um, England, Australia and Ireland. Mm -hmm. So we would know about her altruism and and we would directly benefit from it, you know. And and she did say in her interview with with Ryan Tuberty that uh, she feels she's always in all of her interviews. She talks about how Irish people understand her and understand her. She's been through some hard knock times. She grew up in poverty and Mm -hmm. um, and she. I think she said that Irish people can recognise that and as any other we just feel a kinship with her and and other countries do as well I'm sure so it was really nice to see her on our on our, uh, being interviewed on our national um, When was that interview again? The one with the Late Late Show here in Ireland? Uh, it was about two weeks ago That recent? Oh yeah, my yeah, God. yeah So um, was it just before the toy show was it just after? I think it was just before. Um, but she, yeah, so, it, and it's readily available on RT Player if you want to have a look. But uh, yeah, she's just really like, and there were, lot, there were lots of Irish country singers on it as well. So it was a really good, um, a really good night, a really good episode. But um, so like, mine's really like a, a short story today. You know about uh, Dolly Parton and her life and how she's grown up. And, you know, I do uh, like, I just want to flag, you know, the Imagination Library today. I wanted to flag her involvement in the, in partly funding the Moderna COVID vaccine research. Um, When they think she said, uh, yeah, she's, uh, yeah, exactly. Mm. And in terms of the, of the vaccine, she said, I'm sure many, many millions of dollars for many people went into that research fund, but I felt so proud to have been part of that little seed money that will hopefully Mm. ground to something great and help to heal this world. Lord knows we need it. And uh, like her donation went towards like a plasma study at this hospital as well. Um, treating infected people with the plasma of others carrying antibodies so and development of several research papers pertaining to the virus so you know it did go towards it had an impact anyway but uh so the covid vaccine imagination library just wants to flag today um and her christmas on the square um i I do want to see that (laughs) yeah they're like even just in frida tipple you know they just kind of she probably the most famous country star alive today and um singing about songs singing songs about jesus at the local church and sweet voice obvious talent and then she is on tv she co-stars and shows and she i will always love you jolene you know all these big songs Um, (laughs) exactly singing my way with my washu washu Watch your washi washi, which is now how I'm gonna do it from now on yeah. as well. Every time I know the song, I'm just gonna say hey, it's the best way when you don't know the song. <laughs> but oh, as well, like it's it's how she like obviously it's how she looks as well, you know, because she's had okay. extreme surgeries as well. And she has such a style that who does not recognize her as soon as you see her, like in a picture or in a video, you know who she is. You know yeah. she's so iconic. Her style, I think her. I, I cannot even compare her to Cher because Cher has so transcends so much yeah. and it's just different. It's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just the fact that Dolly is Dolly. Like Exactly. And like she talks about it very, very frankly. And uh she talks about just getting another another surgery if that's what she yeah. wants. And you know, she talks about the bits and pieces she's had done and how uh, it doesn't impact her earnestness really or her mm. authenticity as a person. Yeah. Um so you know, I like again can I just say she's there interviewing and she's just so lovely and she's 
you know 74 she's doing so much out there like she she has a lot she's got a lot of production companies she has it and that's what I mean when I go back to the kind of the commercial kind of hallmark she's a businesswoman she's a businesswoman exactly um but and she has uh, you know all these companies under her name and all that everything else but you know she's doing what she can to help which I do obviously really really appreciate yeah and then I was kind of thinking as well about um you know Christmas songs and and what they mean and 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 you know kind of tunes as like Felice Navidad we sing it every year you know Christmas songs are things we sing every year no matter how old the songs are and obviously Hard Candy Christmas I've kind of forgotten about but um but one of the so just to I just want to shout out to obviously Ella Fitzgerald's Jingle Bells which is like her jazz rendition of the mm. Christmas classic is a holiday staple. Yeah. Um, and a harmonica version of it was actually the first song ever played in outer space. So oh, wow. yeah, it's cool. So Ella Fitzgerald, obviously an American jazz mm-hmm. singer, uh, queen of jazz, Lady Ella, pure mm-hmm. tone, impeccable diction, phrasing, timing, intonation, you know, uh, pure, like just, you know, her ability and, uh, you know, was, is, as transcendent was a good word that you used earlier on Mm -hmm. so in the same vein you know that beautiful voice she had you know and and we sing her version of Jingle Bells every year or listen to it anyway and then Darlene Love as well who uh Christmas Baby Please Come Home again American popular music singer and actor and she's ranked number 84 I think among Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Singers and she's been inducted into Rock and Roll Hall of Fame but but like everybody knows like every year on on uh, uh, the late night with David Letterman she would go on and sing the song and uh, her final Christmas appearance on that was in 2014 but like she was on it for years and years I think was it in the 80s she started every year Um, she was on it up until about 2014 so or 2015 even and then that annual performance is a lot of people's favorite part of Christmas and uh, she was obviously an actor as well and everybody knows really well and then she was in the Lethal Weapon film series and stuff so there's like I had a really good time just kind of sitting down thinking about Christmas songs we sing every year and and listen to every year no matter what and they come from the 60s 70s 80s and there are all these amazing women behind them so yeah. uh, I really, really enjoyed looking at that and thinking about that. And um, so, yep, that's me today. That's uh, Dolly Parton. Oh, Dolly. Could not cover her in half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just there a quick note about her and a note about her, our Christmas special movie and songs and enjoy. <laughs> I think she is so, like... Like I said just a moment ago, she's very iconic. You know her looks, yeah. you know her music. And even if you only talk about her music, it brings so much joy to a lot of people. When she even started with her first album and all the rivalry that I think she had with her producer. And, you know, like she was so resilient and she wanted to, like, what you just you said just a moment ago, she just wanted to sing her experience and she wanted to sing with her heart out and be very real. And even if you only talk about that, that's just an incredible, fantastic woman right there. but the fact that and I I, I agree with you that's something I really like about her she has now privilege she has now wealth she's a a woman of power and she decides to put all her efforts and her wealth toward good causes like she like she's given to like like you said yourself with the Moderna vaccine she wanted to give you know uh, as much money as she could uh with Black Lives Matter movements and I'm sure there's many of them the one that you mentioned about you know in Ireland in the UK children's imagination libraries but what I'm saying is that yeah like she wants to do so much for the world she wants to give because she has received and it's just that's really just that's just really great and that's I think that's just a message aside of being very Christmassy and the image and the music and the songs you know whatnot I think the most important thing to talk about during this type of episodes we're doing is that it's in the spirit of giving so I like that that she really marries well with that very like that topic it's the spirit of giving the spirit of philanthropy the spirit of you know trying to give more to the people in need and I think she she definitely falls into that category and it's just it's such an incredible I love her her music but uh yeah just 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 she's so incredible and she's like like great choice of woman for this episode I am so happy well cheers to her cheers, cheers to Dolly Dolly and the Christmas Yay. season mm. By the way, I'm almost done with my sangria. I'm going to have another one because it's really mm. sweet. Mm. Delicious. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, okay. But on that note, if you need to 
get a top up while we go on a break. Yeah, I'm just going to get my top up, have some more sangria and start, you know, just putting that on my playlist on Netflix, that movie. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. I think today I'll be in the spirit to watch that, especially after my sangria. So, because mm-hmm. it, 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 like I said, like if you see the anthology of the, her song, of her episode, because every song of Dolly Parton, well, one of, I mean, there's so many, but every episode it's related to a song of hers. So that's the one on Netflix. And I have seen just, I have seen one episode and it's so corny in, in a good way because yeah. you're like, and, and she obviously does cameos in every up episode. And I was like, oh my God. But it's just, anyway, the whole thing is that if this movie is as the the show, I know what I'm getting at and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Corny is definitely a word yeah. I would use. And I, would also, <laughs> I would also say you must definitely be in a very giddy Christmas spirit to watch it. <laughs> and uh, no, on that note, uh, let's go on a break. And let's we'll... go on a break for a top up. Yeah, bye. See you in bye. a second. Just We are back from our quick break when I top up my sangria. And I gotta say, the sangria is now very much gone. (laughs) The only only thing left is in this glass that Trey can see. That's it. That's pretty much what's left. That that can give you an idea how really good this was. Yeah, well, Mm. it is quite delicious, but also it is very easy to drink. Yeah, it is. It really is. So, Trey, thank you so much for, like, again, you know, sharing the life of Dolly Parton. It's one of those characters or artists that, like, who doesn't know her? Mm-hmm. Like, even younger generations will know who she is, especially now that she's being more active. Yeah. But it's still good, you know, to, you know, remember, you know, remember her years, to remember remember her life, you know, what she's doing at the moment. So that's, I, I really enjoyed that. And I, I, I actually really want to watch that movie. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. Uh, no, I guess this is the part of the episode when I talk about my woman. And I gotta say something. When you were talking about Dolly Parton, I was smiling because I really enjoyed that you were talking about such a high profile or a very popular character or well artist because the person the woman who i'm going to talk about everybody knows her as well and especially now thanks to netflix as well well i mean you will still know her even before netflix and it's funny that you were saying oh yeah we have there's this thing going on in netflix and it's like oh my woman too (laughs) so it's so funny because i gotta say this and i swear we don't we don't know who are we going to talk about we never know that's the whole point of the episode she brings a woman and i bring a woman that's the reason why i always try to talk about someone who is no longer with us because in that way we know for sure that Unless, you know, Trey mentions, oh, I want to talk about someone from the past and then we will do yeah. like, kind of like a switcheroo. But it's always good because in that way, we always we are more very certain that we're not going to clash and we're not going to talk about the same woman. Uh, and this is not the case. But the thing that is very similar is that my woman was very she had a constant career as in her later years in philanthropy you know as a philanthropic person uh her life in philanthropy uh she was a very high profile woman and uh without any further ado i'm going to talk about uh diana spencer aka oh. diana of princess of wales so I actually I've been really looking forward to talk about her and I don't know how people think about her the thing is that when I was little she died when I was 10 
Like she died in 1997. I was like, and I only knew really, even her late, like obviously at that time I didn't remember quite well but in the late 90s you know a lot going on about her story her accident what happened I I kind of knew her I knew her oh she was the mother of you know Prince William and Prince Harry and her iconic image and you know I can go on and on and on and I think suffice so she would have been so she was so you would have known about her in Mexico like is what you're oh, saying oh absolutely oh really oh uh, yeah she was quite famous in Mexico I will say she was quite famous all over the world like yeah. in Mexico like we, I remember I do remember seeing especially the the magazines you, I think you call them here in English hello but we call it hola this you know so well yeah but this very socialite royal magazine my mom yeah. like will devour them and after she will finish with those magazines I will read them just because you know oh you look at this princess says you know when I was little like it was such a thing about knowing the royal families and knowing what they're doing you know because it's it's something so lavish in a way that you have no idea because you you can only imagine which what you see on tv yeah. when you listen in the radio when you read so for me it was the same and my mom was an avid reader anything related to the royal family to this day we were talking about that just a moment ago and I, when i was telling her that i was going to talk about diana and it's just and needless to say like i said right now uh there are numerous movies and documentaries there's one that i watched last week that i do recommend it's diana in her own words if you haven't watched in netflix oh, it's basically sec secret recordings that she had with the author i don't remember the name of the author but it's the author who wrote a book about Diana. And when that book was published in the 90s, when she was alive, I think it was in 1992, um, the author never ever revealed that Diana was, you know, uh, was the one who gave her all the information. When he published that book, really, really close friends from Diana gave me this information. Well, in fact, Diana herself was the one who was giving him all the information. So that documentary, Diana and Her True Words, it's kind of like a movie. It talks about uh, her life, because this was recorded before, obviously, before before her death in 1992 yeah. and it follows her life from her early life as a, as a child to the, her parents divorce to her life knowing prince charles to her life as you know diana princess of wales and her bulimia it was a it's a very uh brazen story like the way that she yeah. told she tells everything regardless of what side of the story you want to believe i i'm just looking at I'm only going to talk about Diana's perspective and I'm not going to talk about her life because I think everybody knows her life. I, I, at least I, I suppose the, the, the age gap of our listeners will know who she is. And, and anyway, I'm going to share links, but I think in the spirit of Christmas, because going back to Christmas and I, this is something I was telling you, like when we were wrapping up Dolly's story uh, in the spirit of Christmas, it's all about I feel that, yes, it's nice to receive presents. It's nice, you know, Christmas music, Christmas lights, being with family, being with friends, especially now with COVID. I think uh, things are a lot harder this year. So um, for me, I think Christmas right now and that's something I should also try to do more. It's about giving and, it's try and it should be every year anyway and all year around. But I I think in Christmas maybe will be a time that you know uh, we receive so much or oh, uh, like many of us I think I do include myself in saying we're so blessed we are so fortunate to have so much or have the things that you need that it's also good to think about others and how how many things you can do to give to the ones you need and Diana was as actually uh, well you know the previous type prime minister of um, Britain Tony Blair says she was the people's princess because that's what she was she that was for the UK and even for many parts in the world like they saw her as an icon of somebody who was doing so much for the people and when I was reading and and I like I couldn't even I'm, scratch the surface I'm only mm -hmm. talking about what I was trying to I only research about her philanthropy work in one of the six uh one of the she i think she was patron of many many charities i yeah. think for instance I, I was reading in comparison i think the queen as as in as of now she's uh she's the matron of 221 charities uh prince charles is patron of 200 i don't know the exact number of dianas but there were quite a lot but when she separated from prince charles in 1996 she decided she wanted to only concentrate in the six that they were closest to her heart so i decided when i was uh, you know researching about her i want to talk about her charities i don't want to talk about the scandal of the crown or what happened you you can watch the crown for that but something i do want to mention 
mention is that I right now I I read a lot about you know the philanthropy the you know the charities that she was supporting in the UK and overseas and I was like oh my god this woman was doing all of this when she was fighting bulimia she was fighting constant harassment and these are videos you can especially if you watch that movie I'm talking about you can actually see videos when she was just when she was just a teacher like in kindergarten when she was not even barely engaged to Prince Charles like there was people all over her constantly and like and there was no like it was on her own and even at her she was only 19 and she still knew how to be poised and how to present herself be very uh be very uh quiet be very well not meek is the word but she was very she knew what she was doing and i i definitely you gotta give praise to the woman being so young and all trying to you know maintain composure with all the things that they were surrounded how she was completely hunted constantly all her life yeah, and yeah. I was thinking how like anyone I I think anyone have you have seen how even artists like many other like pop singers how how can you you cannot cope with that sometimes some people can have mental breakdowns and, and I don't blame them and even with all of that around her even with like all the her constant because she even talks about that her constant struggle with bulimia she was very open about it and she also uh broke she was very she was one of the first royals to break protocol because she wanted to be in touch with people she wanted to touch people like she like to touch children uh obviously um touch the sick talk the poor touch the poor and she will always say that it's better to think with your heart rather with your brain or your mind because um that's the way that she felt she wanted to take advantage of her privilege in order to help more people so uh just talking briefly about how she felt about that and that's why i wanted to talk more about her charities just a little bit because i like i said i'm only scratching the surface because there's so much like even to this day that they're still going on with her foundation that uh i believe uh prince uh well i, I don't think prince harry is no longer prince harry because he did, did he just rejected the throne in this past march isn't he mm. i don't know if you can call him prince Charles, but anyway his son harry and and prince william uh they are still you know trying to uh follow her legacy and be in charge of uh some of his uh, of her charity but if yeah. i go by the time the timeline of events links to diana's charity um and basically her chronicle her the prince's efforts in chronological order she basically started in 1987 when she uh she opened the landmark for AIDS center in london and that's when actually um and i think you know that uh, as well uh, during mid in the mid 80s uh there was a lot of stigma doing people with yeah, uh yeah. you know with AIDS and HIV like people didn't want to touch them because they they felt like if you touch the patients they, because there, there was a lot of ignorance so there were a lot of people who were were afraid to touch the patients because they generally thought that oh if I touch them I'm gonna get the disease and she was um actually the first high I, I say high profile because I'm sure doctors and nurses mm. in the past but as a high profile personality in this case a member of the royal family she was the very first one to actually touch um, patients with HIVs and she actually shake shake hand with children you will see hogging children um, there are pictures of her when she flew when she was starting to do her world tours that she will go to orphanage in for instance in Brazil and she will be hugging and playing and kissing children that unfortunately with HIV and she wanted to bring that awareness so actually that all starts in 19 that all started in 1987 in that center in London uh, in, 19, in 1990 she uh, actually became a mat matron for uh, le for the leprosy mission there was another thing she did as well she wanted to be very uh, visible and be in touch with them uh, raise awareness and thanks to that she was able to raise a lot of money like to this day um, that really you know that really helped the cause mm -hmm. because I said by by being by her being so visible like she it sounds I don't know how how can you make it but it it make it it made it sound so popular or trendy in a way that a royal or someone that famous was generally being you know trying to be charitable that more people were starting to get more to charity and that yeah, is in yeah. a good way and she utilized that she said well if and she said that as well like she said that in interviews well if people want to harass me and follow me around mine as well show them what's going on and around the world and she will start doing that she will start going to children's hospitals she will start going to hiv centers she will start going to other leprosy like treating uh going where people are treated with leprosy say well i want them to see this and i want to raise awareness and you know have people don't money and she literally raised hundreds of millions of dollars because of you know her 
altruistic efforts and that speaks volumes of you know her character mm-hmm. um other one that she like in 1992 what she did she also became a matron i don't like i when i was reading that they say patrons like excuse me it's matron she's a woman so I like to yeah, say matron. Yeah. So she, she became a matron at Centerpoint. And I think that's the charity providing support and housing for young people in the UK. And something that I read as well when she, you know, when she was also very involved in Centerpoint. And I think to this day, William uh, cha- uh, carries a lot of that charity. I like that uh, she uh, taught uh Prince William and Prince Harry at that, at that stage when they were little to be there to be, you know, so what she will do is that she will take them to, to South London and, you know, in the very, very poor neighborhoods and when, you know, where you will see homeless people like living in cardboard boxes and nowhere to go. And I, she wanted to show that to them. So for her, it was very important to raise awareness for them, even they were so little, just to see in a way how much they have compared yeah, to yeah. what people no, no, they have like around privilege. Them. Oh, absolutely. So she wanted to show them that. She wanted to show, look how privileged we are. And I, she wanted to see the other side of the coin. Just, uh, I think that, I think for me, it, it, it's, it was very important what, what she did at that, uh, uh, at that stage, especially trying to show that to this young princess, that princesses yeah, that yeah. I, I think for me, that, that, that was incredible. Uh, then back in 1993, Diana opens a children's cancer unit at Royal Martin Hospital. Um, then on that same year, she delivers a speech on women and children with AIDS on behalf on behalf of the National AIDS Trust. Going on again about you know all the charitable efforts that she did towards this cause. Try the, a lot of those. I think uh, there was one year that they raised over a hundred million dollars, and all that money went to that charity to to you know for to treat uh, people with HIV, for the centers to care of the children, to for research as well. So it's it's a lot of money like that she was able to raise a lot of money in order to help those causes. Um, then in 1996, he, she represents the Royal Marsden Hospital in a fundraising event, which raised over one million pounds. And then in her later years, which is the year of her disease, 1997, and actually that's the one I was very interested about as well, is in 1997, Diana tours an Angolan, Angolan minefield and begins working closely with the Halo Trust, advocating worldwide uh, worldwide ban on landmines. And then in 1997, Princess Diana Memorial Fund is founded after her death to continue her humanitarian work. So there were so many different charities that she, uh, you know, was following, that she was doing. But uh, from what I have read so far, these were the ones that more, they were more close to her heart, that she was more involved and it meant something to her. Yeah, and yeah. <clears throat> I remember when I was when I was watching that documentary, she was saying that when she was in the process to divorce Charles, she was so happy that, oh, this is the very first time that I feel like myself. She stopped. She was she was able to treat her bulimia. She was no longer being well, no longer being bulimic, for lack of better words. But she say, oh, it's the first time in so many, like many years that I feel strong. I feel with a purpose. I can work on my own as in I'm going to submerge myself in work. And she, and she wanted to work constantly, travel by herself. Uh, and just she wanted to be an image. And another thing that fascinated me about that documentary and is that people closer to her and herself as well. She always knew she was going to be destined for something great. Like she always knew that. It's funny because she said, I always knew I was going to do something with my life. I don't, I didn't know exactly what, but I knew that I was going to go somewhere. Like I think she, she even herself, you know, knew her as a visionary, as someone who will do great things. Mm -hmm. But even in that interview, she also like admits, I know I'm never going to, I do know I'm never going to be a queen. She's like, and this is when, this is in 1992 when she had those recordings and she was talking about, as I said, candidly about the crown, candidly about the family, about her work, about Charles, her relationship that she had with Charles and Camilla and all that love triangle in a way. But she did mention, I know I'm never going to be the queen. And it's just so interesting that she... I think she lo- she saw her life passing through her, but she still decided to just concentrate herself in work. And for her, it was very important to, you know, work for the children, work for the poor, work for the sick, basically for the mo- most vulnerable. And when you see videos of her, because that's something I was also uh, watching for the research, you see that, you know, sometimes when you have high, high profile people that they are like, oh, yeah, for the cameras and everything. But you can tell like in those videos that you can see that she's generally caring, like she really is paying attention to what she's doing. 
doing as saying she's scary she wants to know she's close to the children she is like literally on eye level with them listening came for them and for her that was she was important like she really felt the pain that you know not that she was putting herself in in their shoes but she really felt you know the empty she was a very empathetic person and as I said before she was very candid in the way that she spoke about the royal family and she did not mind breaking protocol in order to do like what she what it felt for her right and I think that it's just 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 really incredible about her um what well, as I was mentioning in one of the charities that she was involved the one about the land uh the landmine so basically uh it's actually the most uh, often linked to her because if maybe you Google Diana, you will see that there's, uh, aside from the, you know, the royal pictures and everything mm. with gowns and crown and everything with, you know, tiaras and all, um, you see that there's this very striking picture. I think she's in Angola and there is, um, I think it's Bosnia. And there's this picture of her with a bullet, with a bomb proof chest. She's literally just wearing like, kind of like a, like a face, ma- face covering. And a bulletproof chest in a line in a mind zone, like an aligned mind field. And I was like, oh my god! And sh- that's when she was still her royal highness. And she's like, I'm walking here in the line, and it just just that just speaks how brave she was. And she she just wanted to show herself as, look, this is me. Just capture this and just let's raise awareness because yeah. that. That's what it was important for her. So that's actually, um, this is actually, uh, basically she visited Bosnia and this is what, what I was talking about. She, uh, she was pictured uh, picking her way through a minefield in the Southern Africa country while wearing a visor and a bomb-proof breastplate. And she said, I read the statistics of that Angola has the highest percentage of amputees anywhere in the world. That one person in every 333 has lost a limb, most of them through a line mine explosion, and actually most of them children. Uh, this is what Diana to- uh, told to the press in Angola at that, at that time. And this actually was also captured in another documentary where she's present, and it's called Her heart of the matter um but she said that even so this this didn't really what i mean after she researched and she saw that uh she said it didn't really prepare me for the reality to see the children there's pictures of her with children like children of all different ages but needless to say children all with amputees all like with losing limbs and when they were so young and it's just it's heartbreaking you know it's heartbreaking to see this and and actually when i was reading this uh this is a time document uh, uh article that i'm that i'm reading at the moment this was back in 2017 and at that time the known Prince Harry uh, is the one who was working with a trust to further the campaign made uh, famous by his mother. And he actually, back in 2017, he warned that he warned in, in that year's speech that the, that more needed to be done to fulfill the Ottawa Treaty. I think that was a treaty to make sure that, you know, they were going to make sure to clean uh, all landmines in the world, or at least in that area of the, of the world. And says, in 2015, global debt and injuries from landmines reached a 10-year high, but perhaps more shocking is the fact that almost 80% of them were civilians and this uh, Harry was stating such strategies undermine the promises made by the world 20 years ago to many community communities remain shackled in a cycle of poverty and fear and that's just uh it's it's it, it's insane actually I didn't I mean I knew a little bit about line mines especially you know in Vietnam Taiwan I know that there were a lot of like South Asian uh, countries that they they had that problem but I didn't know like to this day that they are still very much there and very much active um I don't, like I yes I completely agree but I just I don't know I just find the notion of say princes or the royal family who like I mean essentially the queen is the their head of of their you know their commander in chief she has yeah. the thing, she can put her finger on on that red button mm-hmm. and she, and they are dropping bombs at innocent civilians all over the world so i don't know i take what prince harry especially says with a pinch of salt but mm-hmm. um i do i do completely agree that in fairness princess diana did raise huge awareness about and as yeah. you said stuff that we wouldn't have known about i would have known about, know about how at landmines yeah um but you know in fairness he like he served prince i served in the in the royal air corps so yeah. i'm not even going to entertain what he has to say about it sorry i know i'm oh, being no. very uh political there but no i don't um, mind at all that's why i don't i want to separate my topic of diana as diana spencer yeah, in a way, yeah. because i can 
she actually felt very outcast with towards the royal family. Yeah. Like she was on her own completely. Like I can go on in a way about how she felt about the royal family, but it's it wouldn't be it's not I'm yeah, not gonna it's say, not it, what today is about. Today is oh, about exactly. her philanthropy. No, 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 but I, I really very much appreciate what you're saying because it came it, it it goes in hand with you know what Prince Harry or Prince William can can say. Because for instance, I know because I remember watching an, a special episode from the BBC last year about what doing with center point. Like they're trying to do you know still raise awareness about you know homeless and the poor and everything which is grand like i'm just gonna say like which is grand full stop but that does i feel that it's not even half compared to what diana did i think that diana in her last years of life to from what i have researched it it, it was it, she buried herself in work but she will say this is the only thing that makes me happy because the more that she bur- buried herself in work the 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 more apart she was from the royal family and that's the thing that she liked but that doesn't mean that actually it's kind of like what i what i like when you were saying about dolly that she well i mean not to compare them but what i'm saying is that when dolly became a, a businesswoman a person in a way of power of wealth and privilege she wanted to give it to the poor and she wanted to give it to you know to people which is you know with the vaccine and everything which is great and I think that's what Diana wanted to do as well. She wanted to, well, I'm going to take this opportunity. Like if people want to harass me, if people want to follow me everywhere because I'm a princess, might as well, I'm going to raise awareness along yeah. the way. And I think that's fair play to her. Especially- yeah, she did a huge, like huge mammoth contribution to the raising awareness. As you said, HIV and AIDS at a time where nobody would, as you said, destigmatize it. Absolutely. Um, and her various causes and, and things like she did raise huge awareness of them and she did help. You can see that she yeah. had an impact and to be doing that while navigating being a royal and being constantly under scrutiny and followed everywhere she went. Things that would cause psychological damage to anybody, absolutely anybody, never mind someone who was already battling bulimia and yeah. As we know, was very, very, very young when she met. Uh, she was only nineteen. Like, no, yeah. she was sixteen when she met Charles. Charles she was nineteen yeah. when she got married. Oh God, it's like I won't even go down that road. That's horrific. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, she did. She achieved so much with what she had especially considering even though she did live a life of privilege and being a royal you do um but she still used it for good but also was under a lot of pressures um societal society's pressures and expectations and being constantly harassed as you said by the media but she was especially harassed like uh, like 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 she used the media to her advantage and whenever she could, because as you said, she knew yeah. she was going to be harassed either yeah. way. So she used yeah. it to her advantage. So she did show like she she quite a bit of um cunning to her as well. Mm-hmm. And like even though she's, uh, you know, she was came across as quite shy. It's, it's hard to separate her, I guess, from like w- the portrayal of her because everybody feels like they own her almost like I don't know about you but like everybody my mom piece of her yeah and it's hard to know who she really was I, like obviously we have all these efforts and, and one of them mm-hmm. as you said is, is the documentary you were talking about yeah. but like you know the way people talk about Beyonce today like that's how my mom oh. would talk about Princess yeah. Diana like you yeah. know you know you couldn't say a bad word against her and she also knew the moment of Di- like where she was the minute Diana's death was announced you know like this paragon of virtue like exactly. you can like she was on a pedestal as soon as she died she was put on that pedestal and it is very hard to figure yeah. out who she was behind it but um and as I like she had a loyal following like a really loyal following Absolutely. but like to see him what she achieved with that is incredible and uh and she was very very well known for her effort not just her efforts but the impact she had absolutely it was such a great impact and i think what i liked is that even after her death they were still raising a lot of money elton john has his own foundation and he kind of like joined efforts with the princess diana's foundation so they are raising more awareness towards hiv nelson mandela used to praise her a lot because of the efforts that she did in south africa and in other countries as well about HIV and the landmine. Mother Teresa did the same 
same. And uh, they were all praising her because, you know, she was very concerned for the poor. She was very anxious to do something for them. And it was beautiful. That's what that, those Mother Teresa's were. And uh, you can tell that there were a lot of people. It was uh, that they were concerned about her. Watch that documentary. It's powerful. I even cried, but I'm a very emotional person, to yeah. be honest. But like the, when they because everything is chronological, like the, everything is chrono, no, chronological. And they try to put the, the her voice whenever she narrates her childhood. So they put you a little bit of her childhood and so on. But when they go to the moment of her death, again, this is all everybody knows this or you can Google it. It's not it's not really a spoiler. But when they when you reach the part of her death and they show you videos everywhere in the world, Special. Well, they, well, yeah, they show you a little in the world. They show you some, uh, for instance, they show you India and there's people putting flowers in, in a picture of her, yeah. like almost to a point of deity. Uh, like, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about. No, I, I would agree um, with that. And there were some people in, they were showing some couches in, that was in the UK, uh, people crying. Yeah. Right. And these are random people. I'm not talking yeah. about like literally random people like bursting crying because she died. Like you can tell as I, as they were saying, they call her the princess of the people because people love her. They like that she brought to the, ro- I mean, talking a bit about the royal family, a, a, a fresh perspective, someone rebel enough to break protocol just to be with the masses and all that. That's who she was. And she was not shy about it. And I really praise that for her. And uh, I don't I don't know if we will ever know who she was because she was very captive. She was very private to her life. Um, we know her legacy, tell. but yeah. we don't. But you can we tell, really know her. yeah. But you can tell that she was a person with uh, with a heart for her. It was her children was were very important to her. She you she, at the end she will say I'm a mother as well. But that doesn't mean that you know uh, she was still uh, as I said there were videos that she will still be you know wearing just uh, you know t- tennis shoes and 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 a soccer and 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 a cap and then a short pair of shorts and then she will go to pick up her children from school and you know for her it was important just to be. Uh, a human being at the as she wanted to be a decent human being and um just to end that note and it was uh in that documentary in one of the new pieces of all pieces of news when they were relating her her that they say diana she had the name of the greek goddess of of hunting and she ended up being the hunted and yeah. it was it was very sad but i mean again i uh praise her because you know she wanted to end discrimination to people who suffer from hivs people who were poor people of the homeless yeah. basically the most vulnerable for her she wanted more tolerance and zero discrimination because everybody should be welcome and she wanted to give you know whatever help she could do and i think she did a lot and I praise her for that. And I am just raising my my empty, almost empty ah. glass. So cheers to Diana, to Princess Diana. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, what a very fascinating. Yeah. Story. There's no way I can cover her. Like that's oh, why. No. Like and I, who can? No, I I was not even gonna start. Diana was born. Like no, nah, Google that. <laughs> yeah, same here with Dolly Parton. It was it was exactly that we took to as you said, uh, huge icons uh, with a lot of personality, a lot of determination, yeah. a lot of grit. Um, who tried to use their light, their privilege for good. Um, yes. I think, uh, and who have lasting legacies, both of them. Yeah, um, both of I them. I know, like obviously, Diana's in here. Yeah. But, uh, and the funny thing is, I was reading this article there the other day um, about Dolly Parton. And, uh, like, uh, it's kind of funny. Like, it was, uh, he had said, like, currently there's much tabloid hand-wringing about the crown and its authenticity. I've not been keeping up with it, but I think some Tory ministers are concerned that Peter Morgan, its writer, doesn't mm-hmm. deal with how Queen Elizabeth chooses a host body or the ways in which she derives sustenance from the life force of orphans or the activities of her champion, the mi- Minotaur in the labyrinth beneath Buckingham Palace. But I don't care about the crown. I'm much more interested in whether Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square on Netflix is authentic. <laughs> um, I imagine in some ways it's a documentary. The bidden with Dolly in rhinestones and high heels manifests while sitting on a cloud in Christine Baranski's sitting room. I think we can all accept that Dolly Parton wears rhinestones and high heels and can enter Christine Baranski's sitting room uninvited, controls the weather and does cloud formation and does travel atop a cloud. <laughs> Look, the woman created the coronavirus vaccine and Jolene, for God's sake, compared with that, the above seems pretty achievable. Yeah. But uh, it was funny just because obviously both of us chose people who are currently the subject of Netflix. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, that was so funny. Um, and 
I gotta say that after I watched that documentary and I read more about Diana, actually the crowd is not that far fetched. <laughs> I do like the all the memes about people talking about how they they Google stuff, but when they're I see I don't watch The Crown. I don't yeah. I don't I'm not I've heard it's highly addictive. But it uh, people say they st- they pause and they stop bits to Google them, you know. And there were some people have said interestingly enough that they find they they kind of pre- like women especially they kind of prepared to sit down and hate Charles, you know that they um they didn't uh you know that you know just for everything that went on but they because mm. obviously in the recent season diana's in it you know yeah this one is uh, diana's in there yeah. yeah and people said like they had mixed feelings about diana as well they thought it was very interesting to see her flaws as a person being portrayed yes um, i was very surprised as well because like yeah she's, she's not a meek character she's not like yes no she has a uh, power of her own but you can tell that even that with that strength that she she at least in this episode without giving anything away really but I mean um, you can tell that that's still not enough to how the crown treated her but it's so funny like talking just a little bit about the crown because I, I bringing back my mom my mom is an avid reader to since I was little like she will always knew the gossip or the stories about the crown basically any royal family around the world not only yeah. in the UK it's like anything. But like right now that we were talking about the crown and about and about the fact that I was going to talk about Princess Diana, it's like, oh, my God, that poor woman, you have no idea what she's been through. Like, well, my mom, neither do you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can see the stories in the crown. And it's like, yes, mom. But I mean, it's just TV. Neither do you. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what that poor woman's been through. No, I think like about, I think Addie especially of our parents generation would identify, oh, especially yes. the women would really identify yes. what with her and and especially when she went through all her marital issues as well and um the fact that she emerged stronger from it which never happened with Absolutely. women that's um, like for so yeah. much praise because like fair play to her i wouldn't i will like crash and crumble like as i said you can see it this is not something that you can just you know uh imagine like there are videos there are movies there are pictures like that's how she died for crying out loud like she died by being chased by a paparazzi in a horrible car accident i actually remember when i the first time i went to paris i think i was i think i was like 21 and i remember when we passed the bridge there are still flowers in there i'm yeah. sure that they still to this day people still go and put flowers to to the where she died I know she's just she has such a still has such a legacy and such a following such it's a big crazy sense, yeah but uh no interesting episode I really enjoyed it, it was really weird neither of us who were specifically Christmassy but yes. it was the Christmas spirit has visited us and we exactly. had Christmas sangria exactly I think we were able to achieve achieve a Christmas episode with the message of hope and peace and giving and Dolly Parton music and movies. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I still like that. I really think it was very Christmassy. Um, I mean, at least for me. No, like it is, as you said, it's it's a spirit of giving. I would definitely 100% agree with that around Christmas time. Um, all that matters is that you get to be around your loved ones. And, uh, you know, for those of you who can't, I'm sorry. And I hope that you still get to be with them in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that uh, we get to celebrate in some way. A lot of people I know are just hanging on till Christmas to just get yeah. through mm-hmm. this pandemic by, you know, taking the time off, taking the much needed mental space. Um, yeah. Hopefully getting to spend time with families in some way, shape or form. And, you know, to switch off. And it is, it's a time of giving. Like and people aren't as focused on presence this year they're just focused on being able to spend time yeah. with each other and um yeah. so which is good as well you know bit of a bit of a reset button for us all I think on what's important in life mm-hmm. and uh, Christmas is definitely a time for that so no definitely would agree that it was a very Christmassy episode I really enjoyed yeah. it and yeah. uh t- two very determined women and blonde women as well by the way <laughs> two very very pale blonde women, full of grit and uh, strength of uh, will and character. So, mm-hmm. and will we ever know know who they really are? Probably not. But yeah. uh, here's to them, and here's, here's to, them. to a merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas to everybody. And what you said, it's definitely important. I think right now it's all about being with anywhere. You just maybe stay with your bubble or like 
right now, if you have the opportunity to be with your loved ones or your family or your closest friends, uh, do it with, you know, with caution. And, you know, at, uh, at the end of the day, we all want to be with, with our loved ones. But it's important also to, you know, protect ourselves. And that's 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 what you want at the end of the day. And I think I speak for maybe for, for myself and you that we just want this year to be over. We just I just want this year to be fucking over. Like, yeah. uh, and see, hopefully that 2021 will be uh, a better year. Uh, the vaccine is coming, which is great. Thanks to Dolly Parton. Thank you, Dolly. <laughs> Thank you, Dolly. No, yeah, the, the vaccine is coming and it's already being distributed a bit, I, as far as I know, in the UK, which is great. The vaccine is coming, so hopefully things going to get a lot better. And with that note, uh, we want to wish you, you know, happy holidays. Uh, we're still going to record one more episode before the year end. This is going to be our year end special. <laughs> Yay, more specials. This is going to be a really nice chill episode that we're not going to spoil it anyway but we hope you enjoy it but basically this has been fantastic women and where to find them and you can basically listen to us anywhere like in the, we are across different platforms uh we have our website uh on anchor and we also have social media if you want to follow us follow us subscribe like our pictures or our posts we are on instagram as fantastic women pod we are on facebook our facebook page is basically the name of our podcast which is which is fantastic women and where to find them podcast uh we have an email which is fantastic women podcast at gmail.com so if basically if if you have any any woman you want to you know you, you know you want us to talk about or if you have any questions or you know anything just let us know but anyway i think i'm just good unless i'm missing anything trey no sounds good feel good to feel free to reach out and uh we'll be here yeah and, uh wishing everybody a merry christmas and a merry christmas or happy holidays happy hanukkah uh i think there's also kwanzaa i don't know there's many different holidays so we all want you to you know celebrate whatever holidays you have and yeah. you have a merry time yeah and on that note i think we're ready to go yeah thanks everyone talk to you see soon you. see you in the next, one. next one bye, bye.